0: Welcome back to A Love Like This podcast. We are so glad you are here. Join us as we share the stories, memories and messages that help shape not just our lives, but the lives of our incredible guests. Together with some of our amazing friends, inspirations and teachers, we bring you stories of faith journeys, life lessons and advice, all centered around building an abundant life. You have a place here, you have a purpose here. So here we go.
1: Hey folks, if you're anything like me, rest is probably one of the hardest skills you can learn. The times when I do rest, I find myself just watching TV, relaxing or reading. As you will learn today though, rest is so much more than just taking a break from our busy lives. True and meaningful rest is about intently taking the time to reflect and be at peace with God. For our guest today, Curtis Zachary, he uses his time of rest to remember that no matter how busy we are, at the end of the day, we live to appreciate what God has done for the world. In today's episode, Abby and Paige spoke with Curtis about the importance of true rest on Sundays, but maybe not in the way that you might think. They also spoke about how one of the biggest shortcomings we as people have is doing things for God so that, X, Y, Z happens, as opposed to purely living from God. Curtis is an author, speaker, and current pastor at the Church of the City in Franklin, Tennessee. His latest book, Finding Soul Rest, a 40-day devotional, is out now. Well, that's it from me for now, folks. Take care and enjoy this incredible conversation with Curtis Zachary.
0: Okay, Curtis, so this is your Instagram handle, but I wanted to ask you, who is CZ? (laughs) Yeah,
2: that's, uh, you know, you can go different directions with the answer to that question, I would say, Uh, I am a husband and a father, and uh, most importantly, uh, a follower of the way of Jesus. Uh, I think all of those three things together kind of comprise what all else comes from my life as a result of a foundational or fundamental kind of belief. And um, yeah, I think everything that I do on a day-to-day basis can be summed up to being connected uh, to all three of those things.
0: That's awesome. So Curtis, I want to pull away a quote um, that you've said in an Instagram video and you said, and I loved it. You said that you felt God ask you a question and the question was, if I were to take away all the things that you got to do for me, would you still love and worship me with the same passion? So my question is, what was the answer to that question that you felt God was asking you and why?
2: Yeah, so the first time I felt like that question was being asked immediately and sadly my answer was no. Uh, Mm. I think I quickly recognized in that moment that so much of my identity and my value and my worth were uh, interwoven with what I did for God. Mm. And it wasn't just uh, what people saw that I did for God. It wasn't about a management of platform or perception. It was just, I truly felt like I only had something to offer to the world when I was doing things, when I was functioning, when I was producing. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, the reality uh, that I've kind of come to and understood now is my identity is not based in what I do for him, but it's that I get to be with him, that he's Mm -hmm. uh, my father and that I'm his child and that uh, my identity is founded in that. Uh, that truth.
0: Yeah, that's That's so good. good. So Curtis, you recently wrote a devotional called Soul Rest, Reclaim Your Life and Return to Sabbath. You know, we know what Sabbath is, you know what Sabbath is, but for someone listening who has no idea what it is, could you just talk to us a little bit about what Sabbath is?
2: Yeah. So uh, yeah, I wrote a book, it's called Soul Rest. Mm. And uh, that book was really based on the idea of what you just asked the question of. It's uh, how do we arrive at the place where we understand our true uh, purpose, but also the desire that God has for us as his creation, as human mm. beings that he made? And uh, the Sabbath, the word Sabbath simply means to cease or to stop. Mm. And so a Sabbath is a time to uh can discontinue motion and to start uh, a process of reflection. And uh, in biblical terms, or those who follow uh, the way of Jesus, this idea of Sabbath is a day that we dedicate to worshiping God. I think one of the things that I've always uh, misunderstood about Sabbath is that uh, it was simply for us to receive rest. I mm. think sometimes we think that Sabbath. In its main purpose is about humanity. But really, Mm. Sabbath is an opportunity to remember the work that has been done by God alone. And so, a byproduct of that is that we get to rest because we stop doing the work that we do with our hands. But ultimately, the reason that we Sabbath, the reason that we stop is so that. We can remember we can do work with our hands, but there is only one work that can be done by the hand of God. And that's the true provision, true protection and guidance. And so the gift of Sabbath is that we remember it's not up to us by ourselves to uh, sustain our own lives. There is a God who loves and cares for us more than we ever even did mm. ourselves.
0: Mm, that's really that's good. so good because I feel like sometimes as well, Curtis, it's like, I always pictured rest as like, okay, I can get on the couch and watch Netflix and I'm resting. You know what I mean? But it's not true. Soul rest. Cause so, I was saying to Abby before I was like, we almost base, like rest on the things that we're not doing. So if we're not working or we're not like going out and doing things, then we're resting and we binge on Netflix or yeah. like whatever that you, looks I, like. Yeah. I heard in, in a podcast episode that you did that you actually go out in nature and you're actually doing things rather than just, you know, lounging around on the couch. So going off that, what does rest look like for you if it, you know, speaking practically?
2: Yeah. I think there's different uh, iterations to it. I mean, sometimes it is inactivity I just think the most important distinction is to make sure that we remember um, the Sabbath is not primarily a rule to be followed so that we're pleasing to God. Mm -hmm. It's a pathway of connection and communion with God. So if that's the case, um, sometimes we can miss the benefit of the Sabbath if it's just, well, I need to make sure that I'm not doing anything. I need to make sure that I'm not moving, that I'm not uh, even getting close to what might kind of be work instead of saying, what are the ways or the pathways that I can remember who God is? What are the things Mm -hmm. that are bringing restoration and life and remembrance of his provision? And yeah, one of those for me is running. I like to go outside and I like to run and experience what's happening out in, uh, in nature around me. And, and one of those, uh, those rhythms or practices introduces a very vivid and real connection to uh, the perception that God is bigger than my immediate situation. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think when you were talking about Netflix or binging Mm -hmm. binge watching a show or something like that, there's a difference between rest and leisure. And I think leisure is not a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but usually when we are practicing something like a binging of a show, uh, many times we get up from maybe sitting for hours doing that and don't feel rested. We mm-hmm. actually feel drained. That's and that's it's so like, true. what is that thing? It's perceptibly a rest because we're not moving, but really it's not restorative. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. building us up. It's not giving us what we need in nourishment. And so, yeah, rest for me looks like getting outside. It looks like sharing a table with friends. It looks like playing with my kids. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's all of those things together. The most important thing about rest is, remembering who god is inside of all of it it's
0: really Mm. good um something that you said in rhythms for life podcast with Gabe. that was a really good episode by the way um you said bringing your full self to god inviting him into the spaces that i know need um health life restoration and wholeness how do we actually bring our full selves to god because i feel like there's a tendency to kind of hold back a little bit Or kind of like in my quiet time, when I'm in his presence, I always think about things I could be doing for him. Mm -hmm. Like I'm doing this for him. but distractions as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So one of the biggest gifts that we receive in the truth of the Bible is what we would call lament. And lament is uh, a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's really Mm -hmm. an awareness of what's going on inside of us in true form or fashion. And uh, we, in our practicing of our faith in contemporary times, aren't very good at engaging that area of our lives. We want everything to be manicured Mm. and okay Mm. and good. And and if we're not in that place, we don't really feel confident to bring that part of who we are to the faith conversation. It's almost like I need to withdraw, kind of wait until I get things in order. Then Mm. I can come back to church or to my community and and so I think uh, to answer your question, one of the ways that we can bring our full selves to God is to acknowledge what's truly going on inside of us. I think mm. uh, we are so quick to even in the acknowledgement when things are off a little bit, we, we quickly move to, well, I just want to confess Uh, outward, uh, what's going on, I I realize there's something wrong, and I want to give it up to God and just ask that he would change it. Now, that's obviously a great uh, process, and I think important. Mm. But I think for me, sadly, what I've recognized is I've done that so often, almost ritualistically, that I didn't consider what was really going on inside and maybe what was causing that down at the roots at the Mm -hmm. bottom. So lament gives you this gift, this opportunity to say, God, this is who I am. All of who I am and my joys and my pains and my sorrow and my rejoicing. And uh, I just need you to show up for what I need. And I don't know how to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we can get in a rhythm where that is uh, regularly normal, uh, then it offers us a chance to be transparent and vulnerable in ways that we aren't usually in our, our church circles.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I think speaking about like slipping into like unhealthy sort of cycles, I know for me sometimes when, you know, I'm getting quiet with Jesus and I'm resting or whatever, I come into that place almost like complaining where I'm like, God, like this is happening and I need this to change, I need this. And then I leave and again, I'm not truly resting. So for me, like how, I mean, I need this help as well, but for anybody listening who also needs it, how can we get out of sort of this unhealthy cycle of rest? If we have, you know, put in place some unhealthy cycles related to it, how can we break it?
2: Yeah. So I think it it really comes down to number one, what we just talked about being honest. I think Mm. sometimes we tend to lean toward the idea that, even in the places where we recognize recognize something needs to change, I would rather put more energy and effort into maintaining the perception that everything is good rather than placing that same energy and effort into doing the work of what could make that perception be true. Mm. (laughs) Uh, And so I think that's the first thing, honesty in our assessment of where we are. I think the second thing is uh, inviting our community into the conversation Mm. and Uh, That can feel very uh, scary as well, just because some of us uh, have been so good at manicuring and manufacturing what our perception of our world looks like, that to be honest with someone, even those who are close to us, I mean, even a sibling, it, it may feel a little bit scary because Now we're saying, this is the true self. This is what's really going on inside. I don't want this to be true Mm -hmm. going forward, but I'm going to need some encouragement and maybe some help along the way. And so Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's the first step. The first step is that honest assessment and uh, awareness. And then second, just kind of taking the next right step. I think what, Mm -hmm. what we do as human beings so often is uh, we get focused on the ultimate outcome of what things should be. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, this is who I'm going to be like. So with our, our careers, we say, I want to be a fill in the blank and mm-hmm. everything leading up to that accomplishment feels like it's just an obstacle or just a step toward that ultimate accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And I think what God wants us to see, and I think that this is the rhythm of the rest that he gives us is it's not just, uh, Only successfulness in life if I achieve the thing that's ultimately at the end. Mm -hmm. I think every day in between is an opportunity to be fully present. I think it's an opportunity for us to experience life. And uh, when we can look at things in those terms, it gives us – a sense of fulfillment that maybe isn't present if we're not accomplishing or doing, mm. or, you know, I'm, I'm not mm. married yet, or I'm, I don't have enough money yet, or I don't have this job yet, or I don't yeah. have this, you know. So I, I think it's just being honest to be on, to be honest <laughs> with you all. I think <laughs> yes. it's, it's just the, the great starting point, because yeah. I, it's funny, I write, about these things you know i wrote soul rest and then i wrote this finding soul rest devotional and Mm. you know you have all of these thoughts that are down on paper but it's really simple (laughs) it's Mm. it's really simple premises to think about the difficulty is actually practicing Mm. it's not what should we do i think we all in a lot of ways know what to do Mm. i think it's uh having the courage and the humility for us to go before god and say Mm. I don't know how to do them. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's right.
0: Yeah, so that's so good. I love what you were talking about um, about accomplishments because it's so true. Like Abby and I studied a subject um, in college last trimester about burnout and how burnout is such a real thing, um, especially in like a pastoral kind of sense. Um, that if you're not kind of you know bleeding from a posture of rest, then you can like burn out as well. I guess like what would you say to people who are like f- trying to accomplish mm-hmm. like in worldly senses so like trying to find our value in to-do lists or accomplishments in the day and if we don't get that done then we're a failure
2: yeah i think it's an endless pursuit that mm-hmm. uh will never bring the fulfillment that we're hoping for uh once we uh it's the thing about to-do lists is they're helpful and they give us a sense of accomplishment like you were saying yeah. but we need to make another one and do that's another right. one and fill that one. And that's so right. mm. uh, at some point there needs to be uh, a settling in our souls that would allow us to be able to find rest because there is not a continual need to uh, move to the next thing. Mm. So that's why when I talk about rest, you know, there's all different types of rest and every type of rest is significant, but the thing I've Felt like I need to focus on is this soulish rest because mm-hmm. uh, the rest that we seek to satisfy so often is one that's a surface rest, and mm-hmm. we, in our own efforts or our own aims, are able to satisfy for a time some of those things. But then, like I said, the cyclical nature of them bring them back. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. what it says in Matthew chapter eleven is so important. Uh, Jesus is talking to a group of people and. You have two subsets there. You got the rule setters, the people who are saying, This is what it means to be righteous. This is how you live in order to be good enough before God. Mm -hmm. And then you got this other group of people who are the rule followers. And they're realizing that in their best efforts, even though they're trying to do the right thing before God, they just keep failing and they Mm -hmm. keep not being able to live up to the expectations. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, in the middle of all of them, says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. And he says, take my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls.
1: Okay, I won't lie. I did intentionally make this mid-roll come in at this time. As I was editing, I couldn't believe Curtis mentioned this verse. If you know me, you know I'm not a huge Bible reader. Believe it or not, though, for the few that do resonate with me, this is actually one of my favorites. I honestly didn't understand it at first and so if you're in the same boat, here's my 10 second sermon. So much of our shared weariness comes from the incredible pressures imposed by living in a materialistic and pressure filled world. Not only are we constantly bombarded with these stresses, but we also need to find ways to continue being strong and kind people. Doing this consistently is ridiculously difficult. What God wants us to do though, and what Curtis is echoing here, is to rest. Not to have a break from our daily lives but to intently remember that no matter what our days are filled with, what meetings we have to go to, or what struggles we're experiencing, God is always right there to bring us back to what really matters. As always, we hope you're enjoying this episode.
2: So that idea of soul rest comes directly from the words of Jesus. And he's saying that he's the one who will satisfy it. And what I realized is that every single one of us is built and we're created with a a soulish longing. Mm. We think that the soulish longing can be uh, satisfied in these accomplishment-based ways of thinking. But the problem is a soulish or eternal longing can't be satisfied with things that are not eternal. Mm So that's why we get caught in these cycles of unrest, unhealth. And uh, Jesus is saying, yes, continue to work and to do, but remember that your uh, identity and worth don't come from what you produce. They come from me. And then you live from the rest that you find
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking notes as you speak. Yeah. It's that like shift in perspective. Because I think another thing that you said was, um, uh, quote me if I'm wrong, but it was, it was, you shifted your perspective from, I'm going to do this for God. And then you shifted it to be like, I'm doing it from God. And I think you said to develop a because life attitude. So what do you mean by that? When you say like a because life attitude, because I loved that when I heard that.
2: Yeah. So what you just said was a really big revelation. Um, I was doing a lot of good work for God Mm. and it was easily identifiable as good work. And uh, no one on the surface would say that what I was doing was bad. I mean, Mm. it was Mm. helping homeless friends find a place to live and it was kind of teaching the Bible in different settings and walking alongside people who were dealing with addiction. So I was doing good work, for God. The problem was I wasn't doing that work from God. I wasn't mm-hmm. being fueled and filled and sustained by His power. I had good intentions. Mm-hmm. Those things that I was doing was good, but there was no way I'd be able to keep doing it because I was willing myself uh, to be able to do it, to pull it off. And so the two words that have really helped me are uh because and so. I think a lot of times the way that we live for God is I'm doing these things for God so he will be pleased with me. So I serve other people. I go to church. I read the Bible, all these things that are considered to be good Christian things. Yeah. Uh, our focus primarily a lot of times will be, this is for God. I'm, I'm satisfying some expectation that he has for me, but uh, that's not sustainable because the Bible tells us, and we also experience in our lives that will never be enough. Like there's always this sense of, but they're doing better Mm, or they're doing more. Or Mm. compared to them, I'm Mm -hmm. not, or compared to those people, I'm doing way better. Like there's no real solid place. And Mm. so if I'm doing things for God so he will be pleased with me, I'll actually never accomplish what I'm hoping for. Mm. Because it says in the Bible that my best good thing in Isaiah, my righteousness is like a filthy rag. The Mm. best thing I could do is like dirty washball. Mm. (laughs) But then it says uh, in the Bible that there's this possibility that I could be sustained by him. So it's not doing work for God so he will be pleased with me, but it's I'm living from God because of who he is. If I live Mm. a because life, it's almost like I can't help but to do the work that comes from my life. It's not me trying to produce or to earn or to be so he would be pleased. It's because I recognize what is true about him already. And from that is where I get fueled and filled in order to be able to live this life for him.
0: Mm. Wow. That's so good. That's so so true. I'm so quiet because I'm like learning so much. Like I need this conversation more than you know. (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: Well, I'm so thankful for your book, Curtis. I like, I'm so excited. This is, I'm learning so much. Yeah, I feel (laughs) like let's talk about that for a second, Curtis. Can you tell us and our listeners a little bit about your first book, Soul Rest?
2: Yeah. So the first book was uh, birthed out of the recognition of kind of what I just outlined mm. a little bit. You know, my identity was so wrapped up in what I did for God and, mm. and my effort and my output. Uh, but I remember reading a quote uh, by a guy named Soren Kierkegaard, and he said, It is absolutely unethical when one becomes so busy communicating that he forgets to be what he teaches. Mm. And that was challenging to me because. That's not saying there's this proactive hypocrisy. Like I wasn't trying to be something different than what I was saying. It's just that life began to unfold. I knew how to talk about God, but I wasn't spending time with God to fuel and fill my ability to talk about God. So I think that, coupled with my wife and I experiencing loss through miscarriage a couple of times, that was mm. really difficult. And the second time was further along mm. and uh, it was emotionally and physically taxing for us in ways that we couldn't imagine. And then the third piece of it was, um, we really felt alone in all that. Um, we had people around us, people who loved us and they were great. But uh, there would be times where I would talk to folks that I was spending time with in ministry and I would share a little bit about what I was feeling. And they would say something like, well, you're the guy that we would normally talk to if we were in trouble. So (laughs) we don't really know what to say. So that felt very lonely and isolating. Mm -hmm. So those three things together led me to the place uh, where that question that you brought up earlier about uh, if I took away all the things that you were doing, would you love and worship me? And when I knew the answer was no, I needed to spend some time to figure out how the answer would be yes, because I wasn't okay with that. I wasn't. satisfied with that answer because I knew I loved God. Uh, and that was what was interesting about that question. He wasn't saying, do you love me? He was saying, am I enough for you? Like, is this, is this enough? And so what I realized, and I think what is true to be honest for a lot of people is we may say we love God, but we need God and fill in the blank. <laughs> we need God and ministry or and money. And, you know, for us to really feel content. And that's not what's God's intention. He wants to be everything we need. So the book uh, comes out of, I spent that year, it ended up being a year long. I didn't know how long it would be. And um, on the other side of that year, my life really was changed. Uh, and I, it sounds dramatic, but it is dramatic. I mean, it changed my life. And uh, about a year after uh, that, that season of time, I just began to feel this like bubbling up of all of these ideas that I had learned during that season. And I would write them down in my phone. I would just take a note and say like, Oh, I don't want to forget that. Yeah. And then I had this list of 150 or so things that I was <laughs> like, I need to write about that someday. And yeah. so then I ended up spending the time to do that, which ended up becoming the first book.
0: Wow. And then your second book, Finding Rest, is a 40-day devotional. Do you just want to talk a little bit about that and how that might help someone struggling with this, um, you know, failure to rest with this burnout issue, anxieties and all that?
2: Yeah. So my biggest motivation, honestly, in writing the second one was understanding that not everybody has time to read a whole book. And <laughs> uh, it would be, for me, helpful at times to have major themes or ideas pointed out mm-hmm. to be able to spend some time thinking about maybe a scripture, you know, a thought biblically that would support kind of the, the investigation. And um, that's really what that book is. It's, Um, this intentional way for a 40 day journey to be able to consider some thoughts around introspection, what it means to know who God is and how that affects our lives. Mm. But ultimately that Jesus is the source and the center of restoration that we're looking for. And um, it's not necessarily meant to be 40 days in a row. I think Mm. uh, that's the other thing that kind of goes along a lot with what I talk about because Uh, even some of us will miss the opportunity of finding rest from a book like that, even though it's about rest, because Mm. we're going, I got to do 40 days in a row. Can't miss one, all Mm. that. And we get to the end and we go, all right, I did it. And then I say, well, what did you get out of it? Well, Mm. I did it. (laughs) I didn't really meet God there. So the point is, you know, take your time, but it's bite sized chunks to be able to just take one idea, think through it and see how It affects your life.
0: Um, So, Curtis, where can our listeners find you, find your books?
2: Yeah, so uh, we've started a ministry. It's called Find Rest, and uh, the website is Mm findrest.org. And it's uh, prayerfully going to be a hub where we can find resources, conversation, books, whatever, Mm, just around some of these ideas. And the hope ultimately is uh, through support and through encouragement that we'll be able to provide resources for free for people who aren't able to afford it. Because that's awesome. another reason that the writing thing is a little tricky, is not everybody has the money to be able to buy a book, but mm-hmm. I want all these ideas to be able to be accessible. So, so that's the biggest one. And then social media, I'm not awesome on social media, <laughs> to be uh, to be honest, like as far as consistency and regularly, but um, it's who is CZ, as mm-hmm. you referenced earlier. <laughs> and uh, that comes from, there's a, tv show i don't know if they watch this over there but uh jeopardy is uh, a big show here and it's a show that's a trivia show
0: and in the
2: trivia show the the way that you give the answer to the question is you have to say so if it was like uh asking about a person the way you would answer you'd say who is michael jordan or who "Who is jesus or who you know so who is cz is kind of a way to attach that to
0: that's so clever that's so go. good <laughs> that's awesome and it's easy to remember so everyone go follow Curtis <laughs> thank you so much Curtis I cannot thank you enough I learned so much this morning at 8am my brain is just no in a good way in a really really good way that was awesome so thank you so much for taking time and coming on with us today
2: oh uh, it's an honour and yeah just encouraged by your pursuit to grow in these things and just continue to listen to his uh, guidance and, and take those next right steps
1: So next time you have a spare minute and decide to take a quick break, just remember, resting can be so much more than just settling down for a night in or relaxing. It's about stepping back from the world and setting your hearts and minds on what truly matters. Make sure to follow Curtis on Instagram at whoiscz and make sure to grab a copy of his books, Finding Soul Rest, 40 Days of Connecting with Christ and Soul Rest, Reclaim Your Life, Return to the Sabbath. We hope you enjoyed this incredible conversation with Curtis Zachary about finding true rest. I like